0: Breakfast of Champions presents the second annual Welcome Back Baseball. This is Ken Carpenter inviting you to a special half hour of entertainment brought to you by General Mills, the makers of Wheaties, as a salute to the great American game. Welcome Back Baseball is transcribed with Bing Crosby, Bob Hope, their favorite girlfriend, Dorothy L'Amour, and the leading home run hitter of the major leagues, Pittsburgh's Ralph Kiner. And now here's Bing Crosby. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. Buy me some peanuts and cracker jacks. I don't care if I
1: never get back Well, we'll root, root, root for the hall. It imposes on the actor the they necessity to create change, everything To create the sets, to create the costumes, to create the expressions, to create everything And I think one of the great drawbacks of television is that so much of it is just sort of visualized radio shows Where they ought to really write television shows I still think radio is probably the greatest entertainment medium ever invented. It made the audience work. And I think television audiences don't have to work, and that's why they fall asleep half of the time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it. I really love it. And I really think that the commercial people, you know, whoever they are who say whether we work or don't work, I'm making a big mistake. California, where you drive enormous distances, I have that radio on all the time, and I'd like to hear something good. I really love it. When we finally did the last suspense show in Hollywood, and it was all the people that you know who've been on every show you've ever heard from Hollywood in the old days, we were all sitting around, and finally Virginia Gregg, who was one of the great ladies of Radio, And she looked around and she said, isn't it awful? She said, isn't it awful? She said, oh, God, if only television was going out and radio was coming in. (laughs) And it is true, too. We all felt that.
2: The man you just heard is acting legend Vincent Price. Price's only continuous radio role was as the star of The Saint, where he played Simon Templer. Leslie Charteris created the character as a suave private eye. He was a dapper dresser, equally at home at the wheel of a fast car, in an airplane, or on horseback.
1: I started in London, though I'm an American, but I did some radio over there, and radio is still a very big medium in England. The BBC does brilliant dramas and marvelous music and dramatizations of the lives of different people as they have done recently Mm -hmm. on television. Then I came over here and went in the theater, and I felt that I needed radio as an extension. I started right away, about 1937, doing radio. And I still do radio, every chance I get. Mm -hmm. Unfortunately, now it's cut down to a place where you really don't have time to do Mm -hmm. it. There are too many commercials. I remember during the time that radio was sort of drifting out and television was drifting in in Hollywood, We would do remakes of the great shows that we had done in the great days Mm -hmm. of radio. And they would be cut so and interfered so by the commercial that they lost their impact. Because radio has a continuity that is just marvelous Mm -hmm. as a play does, you know, three acts.
2: The Saint would also break the law if the results justified it.
1: It was a challenge that I wanted very much at that point in my career to try and create somebody, you know, I mean, completely. Mm -hmm. I'm not really that interested in doing that kind of a thing in television. The Mm -hmm. saint had a lot more dimensions than you're allowed in television as a character. You're visual, and therefore you're limited. But in a radio drama, you can create anything you want. And it has more excitement, really, as an acting medium.
2: The show had begun on CBS in 1945. After a tour on the mutual broadcasting system, the Saint moved to NBC, beginning on Sunday, June 11, 1950 at 7.30 p.m. Games and sports speculation weren't the only form baseball took on the radio. It showed up in radio drama as well, like on the Saints' September 3, 1950 episode.
3: The Adventures of The Saint, starring Vincent Price. The Saint, based on characters created by Leslie Charteris and known to millions from books, magazines, and motion pictures. The Robin Hood of modern crime now comes transcribed to radio. Starring Hollywood's brilliant and talented actor, Vincent Price, as The Saint
4: Going to the ball game, huh, Mr. Templer? It's a great day for it. Didn't know you was found the baseball. You found the baseball, Mr. Templer? Yes, indeed, Louis. You know, I... I should have gone in for baseball instead of becoming a cab jockey. Grown men getting paid thousands of dollars for tossing a little ball around two hours a day. Can you beat it, can you, Mr. Templer? I'm asking you, can you beat it? Louis? I... Baseball, you can't beat it, No. I'd like to live in a town where they got major league ball. The Blue Sox here is all right, but it's minor league. You think we'll ever get a big league ball in this town, Mr. Templer? I see, you think we'll ever get big league ball, Mr. Templer? You're kind of quiet today, Mr. Templer.
1: My silence, friend Louis, is purely comparative.
4: Oh. Well, since you're not feeling well, it's good you're taking the afternoon off. Been reading about that father and son of the Blue Sox, Lefty and Phil Miller?
1: They're rather interesting. Supposedly the first time in baseball, father and son have played on the same team.
4: Yeah, yeah. The old man just down from the majors and the kid on his way up. Old Lefty was great in his day, though. And the kid will be great, too.
1: They both playing today, Louie?
4: Neither one. Phil ain't doing a pitch till tomorrow and the old man's got a game leg. Won't even be a uniform. That's what goes first in baseball, Mr. Templer, the legs. In my line of work... I know. It's... I know. Mr. Templer, you know something funny? There's rumors out about the Blue Sox.
1: What kind of rumors, Louis?
4: The rumors say the Sox are going to do business. Lose a ball game that maybe they should win.
1: Oh, nonsense, Louis. Baseball is honest, you know that.
4: Maybe so, but it's still got to be played by humans.
1: You'd better step on it, my cynical friend. We're late. Sure, Mr. Templer.
4: Most likely nothing to the rumors, anyway. You know how it is driving a cab, you pick up all sorts of things. Me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. I'm married. Hey! (laughs) <laughs> yeah, did you hear that, Mr. Templer? I said, me, it don't do no good to pick nothing up. I'm... I
1: heard, Louie, I heard. Pretty funny, huh? Louie, take me out to the ball game.
5: Hey, get your cold drinks here.
3: Uh, Hello, Lefty Thanks for coming, Saint Sit down, sit down Thanks I hope I'm not late No, the game won't start for another ten minutes
1: How's the leg, Lefty?
3: That's improving, Saint How's crime? It stays about the same, always with us (laughs) Yeah, that it is, that it is Blue Sox gonna win today? You know something, Saint? I don't much care Oh, don't get me wrong When I'm in there myself, I play to win That's the only way I know And after the majors, you don't get very excited over the Blue Sox Uh, I guess not I'm just playing out the string. What comes after that, I don't know. A manager's job? Uh, no chance. I was too busy spending my money while the smart boys were learning the inside of the game. But I had fun, I guess. Did you? Nah. Saint, there's only one thing in baseball I care about. There's only one thing in the world I care about. He's sitting across the field in the dugout wearing number 33,
1: my son. Mm, I hear Phil's a great pitcher, Lefty. Hey,
3: he's good. He'll be great. He's going up next year. Maybe this. Here, take a look at him through the binoculars. Mm.
1: <laughs> yes. <Yeah. laughs> he looks like you, Lefty.
3: You really think so? Yeah. Saint, I'm worried sick about him. That's why I asked you. To... I know. That's why I'm here. What are you worried about? That I think they're after him, Saint. The crowd with the dirty money's after him. I never handle any dirty money, but I've been around it and I can smell it. I can smell it now. What does Phil say? Have you talked to him? I can't talk to him. Maybe you've read in the papers about our wonderful father and son relationship, huh? (laughs) The kid hates me. How come, Lefty? He was brought up by his mother, and he was brought up to hate me. I got a divorce from her when the kid was two years old. I gave her a raw deal. He should hate me.
1: You say you smell dirty money.
3: You have anything else to go on, Lefty? Rumors. And a girl. No, I, I take that back. A woman. Take another look through the glasses, Saint. She's sitting in the box behind Phil, bending over to talk to him. She's there every day. Yeah. Yes, indeed.
1: Perhaps I should have taken up baseball. Well, that's just
3: it. Does a, does a woman who's got what she has go for a twenty one year old kid just because he plays baseball good?
1: Ordinarily, no.
3: But she's got Phil hooked so hard and so deep I heard all over for him. He thinks it's romance. What do you think it is? I don't know. Not exactly. Saint, could you could you see if you could find out? I can try. What's her name, Lefty? Diane Courtney. She's staying at the Regent, same hotel the ball club puts up at. I happen to hear the kid making a cocktail date with her there for six this evening. Good. You see if you can get him delayed a few minutes. I will. Find out what she's trying to do, Saint. Find out who's in back of her. If they spoil that kid, up. They won't. They won't, Lefty.
1: Thanks, Saint. And if there's anything I can ever do... Don't worry about it. In fact, I'm looking forward to meeting Miss Courtney. I'm sure we'll have a lot in common, baseball, and, well, we'll find
2: something. Lawrence Dobkin was Louis the Cabbie.
4: I did a series on radio that starred Vincent Price, the Saint. This was the Saint in New York, I guess, and they'd written a Brooklyn taxi driver who picked him up all the time and took him to various capers and brought him back. And then Vinny said he was going to have the show canceled because he did some public appearances in New York, and they wanted to know about the cabbie rather than Vinnie.
2: <laughs> but holy mackerel. And of course, there were no two institutions in America somehow more intertwined in the 20th century than baseball and comedy legend Jack Benny.
1: I gotta tell you a marvelous radio story For years and years We always listened to Jack Benny Who didn't? Really the greatest I think single performer on radio that ever was I mean just absolutely brilliant He could take ten minutes of dead air And make you fall on your face laughing And if you remember Ronald Coleman was always The next door neighbor of the Bennys Mm -hmm. And the Bennies, who were so chintzy and cheap and, you know, never had enough of anything, were always going over to the Coleman's to borrow a cup of sugar (laughs) or a peg or something. So anyway, (laughs) lab dissolve a few years. This shows you how much in love with radio I was. I did a film with Ronald Coleman, and he and his wife asked my wife and myself over to dinner. And we knew where Jack Benny lived. We'd always known where Jack Benny lived. It's one of the sort of landmarks of Hollywood. So we got in the car, all dressed up, went down, went next door to Jack Benny. Went up to the front door, next door to Jack Benny, rang the bell and said, Mr. and Mrs. Coleman are expecting us because they didn't live there at all. (laughs) Not at all. Nor did we know where the hell they lived. We finally had to call the screen actors' guild to find out where the Colemans lived. I always took it for granted they lived next door to Jack Benny. And in his basement was a vault. With all those chains around. <laughs> him. Oh, marvelous,
5: man. <laughs>
6: oh,
7: yes. Yeah, well, anyway, Mr. Goldwyn and I are going to work out. A- hey, that must be the script. Come in.
6: Hello, 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 everybody. Long time no see.
7: Well, Steve. Hey, kids, it's my publicity man, Steve Bratt.
6: Well, hello, Steve.
7: Hey, <laughs> well, Steve, what brings you around? What's
6: up? we are got to do something about your publicity. Publicity? Yes, and so last week I conducted a popularity poll and compared to the poll I made three years ago, you've only moved up one place.
7: One place? When did that
6: happen? When Hitler killed himself. <laughs> now, wait a minute, Steve. No time to lose, Benny. I thought it was so urgent that when I couldn't reach you by telephone, I sent a message by carrier pigeon. Carrier pigeon?
7: Oh, that must have been the pigeon that landed on my windowsill.
6: Yeah, yeah. Didn't you see the message tied to his ankle?
7: message Rochester!
6: Don't look at me, boss! You ate the legs!
7: (laughs) Yeah, I thought the paper on that leg was a panty there. Anyway, Steve, I appreciate you worrying about me, but I don't need any publicity. As a matter of fact, only two weeks ago, my picture was on the cover of Newsweek magazine. Hey, Jackson, was that your face? Certainly. How do you like that? I thought it was an ad for spam. (laughs) That's because the photographer told me to stick stick out my tongue.
2: Someone turns the page And he's got a place To wet his fingers Yeah
7: They think of everything
6: All right, Benny I think that picture On the cover of Newsweek Was great But you've got to Follow it up with something Some sort of a stunt
7: Now, wait a minute, Steve I don't want any more Of your stunts The last time you had an idea You wanted me to go to Texas Climb into the Big Inch Pipeline And swim all the way To New York <laughs> And you had a time So I'd crawl out The other end On Groundhog Day
6: LAUGHTER
7: No more of that for me.
6: I know, I know, but this new idea is different. Benny, I've got an idea that'll make you loved and respected by everybody in the country. Me? Yes, sir. We'll make take one of the great men in American history like, well, say, like uh, Abraham Lincoln. Lincoln? Yes, sir. From now on, you're going to do everything Lincoln did. You're going to act like Lincoln, talk like Lincoln. Yes, sir, even walk like Lincoln. But, Steve, I I don't know how
7: Lincoln walked.
6: Don't you remember?
7: (laughs) (laughs) Now, look, Steve, unless you've got an idea that makes sense, I don't want any part of it. I don't want any. Now, now go home and call. Oh, wait
6: a minute, wait a minute. Hold it, hold it, hold it. What? Why didn't I think of this idea before? What an idea. All right, what is it? Baseball. Huh? Look, Bob Hope bought himself the Cleveland Indians. Bean Crosby bought the Pittsburgh Pirates. And today, what is everyone talking about? The weather. Dennis. <laughs> is it unusual?
7: No, no. Well, what are you getting at, Steve?
6: Benny, you've got to have a baseball team.
7: Well, look, Steve, I like the
6: idea, but a baseball team is liable to run into a lot of money. Now, leave it to me, Benny. I'll find you a team that won't cost you much dough. Good, good. I'll get a team that's unknown, but with proper training in a year or so, you can sell them to somebody else and clear yourself a net profit of a million dollars.
7: Say, that sounds pretty...
3: Jack, how come you didn't go whoops?
7: When it's coming my way, there's no need for it. (laughs) Now, all right, Steve, it's a great idea. Go out and get me a baseball team.
6: Leave it to me, Benny. So long, everybody.
7: You know, kids, I think Bradley's got a good idea with that baseball team. He certainly has, Jack. And look at the commercials you can do. Commercials with baseball?
0: Why, certainly. You've got your quartet, the sportsmen, right here, and they can take a song and fit it to anything. What are you talking about? Have you got a record of take me out to the ball game? That's one of our new ones.
2: <laughs> yes, yes, I'll, say,
7: I'll, I'll put it on.
2: Here's a nickel, Jack. Ah,
7: this one's on the house. <laughs> <laughs>
0: strikes. That's the cigarette everyone likes. So let's puff, puff, puff on a lucky. Just remember the name. For it's one, two, three lucky strikes at the old ball game. Yes, folks, here we are at the American League Stadium in Goldsboro, North Carolina, and the old ball game is tied up. It's the last half of the ninth, and the bases are loaded. Speedy Riggs is on first, F.E. Boone is on second, and Greenberg's on third. And now, coming up to bat is Basil Rysdale. He's warming up. He's swinging two big tobacco leaves. He steps up to the plate now. Wait, wait a minute, wait a minute. He's walking up to the empire, and he says... Give me a light, bud. He steps back in the batter's box, and here comes the pitch. Look at that ball, so round, so firm, so fully packed, so free and easy on the throw. It's a long, long fly going to left field. It's going, going over the fence and lands into the back of field. Out there with that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco. Take me out to the ball game. Take me out with the crowd. The score for a lucky is two to one. You'll smoke and you'll cheer and you'll have so much fun. So let's pop, puff, puff on a lucky Just remember the name, for it's L-S-M-F-F-T at the old ball game.
7: Don, that was wonderful. You know, and I think... Don... Don, I think this baseball idea is going to work out great. It'll give me a lot of publicity. Certainly, Jack. You need publicity. Yeah, you've only got one show. Anyway, I think Steve Bradley is right. If having a baseball team is good for Hope and Crosby, it's good for me, too. You want to know something, Jackson? I used to play baseball. In fact, I was on a team where every player was the band leader. Really, Phil? Yeah, but they threw me out. Why? Every time I slid into third base, I'd spike Jones.
0: (laughs) 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 No wonder you can't get the first base, Harris. When they handed out brains, they
7: threw you a curve. (laughs) Phil, nobody threw you a curve. You just sat in the bleachers too long without a hat. That's (laughs) Believe me. You know, Mr. Benny, a bunch of my friends came over to my house yesterday and asked me to play baseball. Oh, did you play? Yeah, but every time I hit the ball, I broke a window. What? I broke seven windows. Well, kid, you must have played too close to the house when you went outside.
5: Oh, outside.
7: You mean to say you played baseball inside the house? Yeah, you want to make something out of it? Oh, (laughs) be
3: quiet Jack, why don't you stop kidding around? I got some shopping to do Let's get on with the rehearsal Mary, we
7: can't The scripts aren't here yet They aren't? No
3: Then why don't you call up NBC and see what's wrong
7: All right, I will Take me out to the ball game Take me out with the crown I know a way to save 80 cents I'll drill two holes and we'll look through the (laughs) fence